fiction. Fountains open deep and wide through the floodgates of God's mercy. Flow the vast and gracious tide. Grace and love, like mighty rivers, poured incessant from above. And heaven's peace and perfect justice kiss the guilty world in Well, hello, hello, everyone. Oh, I've got my name is Robert. <laughs> I can see that I, the first day of the week. Here we go. <laughs> got to get everything back in order, right? So funny. Well, I'm Mrs. Robert Wagner, better known as Shell Wagner. And uh, it's so good to see everybody here today. Welcome to the first day of the new week. We are getting started with a new week with Mercy Poured Forth. So good to see everyone that is here joining me today. So I am starting today. I'm going to read from Psalm 88. And I am reading from um, the New Living Translation today because I just wanted the words uh, to really soak in. And I feel like sometimes it's easier when you're dealing with heart matters rather than trying to dig deep and study you know, that sometimes this ministers to me a little more. And so that's how I'm going to read it. But I do interject the names that I feel are correct for for my belief. All right. So I'm just going to read it and then we're going to talk about it a little bit. Oh, Yahweh, Elohim of my salvation, I cry out to you by day. I come to you at night. Now hear my prayer. Listen to my cry. For my life is full of troubles and death draws near. I'm as good as dead, like a strong man with no strength left. They've left me among the dead and I lie like a corpse in a grave. I'm forgotten, cut off from your care. You've thrown me into the lowest pit, into the darkest depths. Your anger weighs me down. With wave after wave, you've engulfed me. You've driven my friends away by making me repulsive to them. I'm in a trap with no way of escape. My eyes are blinded by my tears. Each day I beg for your help, O oh Yahweh. I lift my hands to you for mercy. Are you are your wonderful deeds of any use to the dead? Do the dead rise up and praise you? Can those in the grave declare your unfailing love? Can they proclaim your faithfulness in the place of destruction? Can the darkness speak of your wonderful deeds? Can anyone in the land of forgetfulness talk about your righteousness? Oh, Yahweh, I cry out to you. I will keep on pleading day by day. Oh, Yahweh, why do you reject me? Why do you turn your face from me? I've been sick and close to death since my youth. I stand helpless and desperate before your terrors. Your fierce anger has overwhelmed me. Your terrors have paralyzed me. They swirl around me like floodwaters all day long. They've engulfed me completely. You've taken away my companions and loved ones. Darkness is my closest friend. Now you read that and you think, oh my goodness, how is that an encouraging word, right? <laughs> but but this is what, I had something different planned and I'm telling you, y'all woke me up again in the middle of the night and spoke this word to me. And I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> All right. Well, then this is what we'll read. Now, when you look at the heading of this, this is very interesting. The heading of the psalm 
says, for the choir director, a psalm of the descendants of Korah, a song to be sung to the tune, the suffering of affliction, a song of Heman, the Ezraite. Okay, so the descendants of Korah, who is this? Well, Korah, they were, he was part of the Kohens, right? Um, part of the same lineage as Er Haran. And, and he became jealous of Er Haran and spoke out against him. And the earth, he started murmuring and complaining and even challenged him with the whole, you know, rod who's, you know, who was going to lead. And, you know, it had to be the, the rod of the staff that budded what we knew that that was going to be the leader. But, but Korah, you know, was, was the voice of challenge and it caused a plague to broke, to break out. Well, it caused the earth to open up. And I believe it was 14,000 of the, the, those who had gone along with Korah were swallowed up in the earth. You know, the earth opened up and swallowed them up. Why? They were, they were murmuring against Yah, but not all their descendants were swallowed up. Not everybody from the line of, of Korah died in that, right? It didn't take out his whole lineage, just those who joined in that murmuring and that disbelief and that, you know, complaining against Yah and what Yah had decided to set up for authority, right? Those are the ones that got swallowed up, but some of the descendants did not. And they learned from it and they learned from it so well that they were able to write some beautiful songs in, in the book of Psalms. And you see this all throughout the Psalms. So when I was reading this, it reminded me of, of um, something that I really like. I've, I've, I really, really like um, Joni Erickson Tata. Since I was a young girl, her ministry affected me from the time I, I broke my back when I was a child and I had to spend a summer <clears throat> in a cast that went from you know, like almost here, right under my arms, down an entire leg, you know, one leg left open, one leg totally enclosed in this cast. And so I was a very down to my knee anyway, I could still bend my knees. But I mean, it was, um, I was a 12 year old girl, well, 11 turning 12, uh, when this happened. And, um, and it was quite the challenge, you know, it was quite the experience of um of having to go through that and somebody gave me her book where she had um had a diving accident and had broken her neck and was now paralyzed and it was her story and so she's written a couple of books since then in in her lifetime and and you know I got I really related to her because I was quite an athlete. She was an athlete and I was quite an athlete. I was in gymnastics and I was on the swim team and I was played volleyball and basketball. And, you know, I even had a time even recover, even after, you know, I, that's all after recovering from a broken back. Right. So I just, I just always had a really strong body. Well, in 2014, I got struck down with, you know, a chronic condition from Lyme and mold and, and stuff. And it, it created a, a, a chronic problem in my body. And I have a lot of friends that were kind of in uh, the faith movement. And, and a lot of my friends come from, come from that. And I, I had been in that quite a bit. And, you know, 
the question is always, well, you know, Yah's going to, you know, Yah's going to heal, Yah's going to heal. And I've had to wrestle with that quite a bit. And she's had to wrestle with that quite a bit. And so the question, I was reading this out of, out of her book. She's, she's got this chapter, it's called a step further and it's called, why wasn't I healed? So I'm looking at it and I'm on page 125. It says, did I have enough faith? She's talking about, she had, her friends had arranged this prayer service and they'd all prayed over her in faith and they'd all fasted beforehand. And they, you know, they were claiming all the victory scriptures and just, you know, going into it with, you know, Joni's going to walk up out of this chair. Right. And she said, you know, after it did not happen, she had to wrestle with that and said, did I have enough faith? She said, what a flood of guilt that question brings. It constantly leaves the door open for the despairing thought. God didn't heal me because there's something wrong with me. I must not have believed hard enough. We can easily see how this can produce a vicious cycle. The vicious cycle, she's got this picture, right? You guys can see it, right? The right here in the middle where the, the man or woman is kneeling down in prayer and here's the pattern of thought around it. So here's the pattern. It says, I need faith to be healed. I pray in faith. My prayer wasn't answered. This weakens my faith, yet I need faith to be healed. So it's this circular thing, right? It's just this circle that does not end when you're stuck in that kind of a loop. So you know, she, she went over here and she said, here's part of what she had to say about that. I'm just going to read it to you because I found it very uh, insightful. A Christian who is afflicted with some sort of physical problem, ask a friend, do you think God would heal me if I ask him? Of course he will, the friend assures him, but you mustn't doubt. The slightest trace of doubt may prevent your being healed. So knowing that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God, the ill person spends hours in the Bible reading about God's mighty power and wonderful promises in order to strengthen his faith. Finally, he feels ready to pray. He prays by himself with the elders of his church at a healing service or whatever, but he doesn't get healed. What happened? What went wrong? This is often the problem. He's told, well, the problem isn't with God. He's already ready and waiting. So the blame must be yours. You probably didn't really let your faith go and trust God all the way. Now, doesn't this sound like exactly what... Um, Job's friends had to say to him, right? Yet this poor person knows that he was believing Elohim in, in for prayer at more than he's ever believed. And I mean, there's nothing that he wants more than to have that kind of faith, right? And so now what's the result going to be? Because it didn't happen. Okay. Naturally, he begins to wonder about himself, what y'all really intends, and his faith is weakened. So she was thinking about her own prayer service and she said, I'd entered the prayer service in that little church with total faith that God would heal me. I had even surprised various friends by calling the week before and warning, watch for me standing on your doorstep soon. I'm going to be healed. So insufficient faith was not the missing ingredient. She said, since that time, I've had years in a wheelchair to ponder the question, why wasn't I healed? Time to read many books, talk with many people and and do much prayerful considering and studying of the scriptures. She said, I still don't have all the answers, but I do have some of them. All right. So I'm going to go over here. She said, I've come to 
I've come to, here's, here's her conclusion. I've come to regard miraculous healing. Yah can heal. He, he certainly can heal. Um, and sometimes he does heal people in a miraculous way today. But the Bible does not teach that he will always heal those who come to him in faith. He sovereignly reserves the right to heal or not to heal as he sees fit. You know, that's a really, really important point, okay? Um, that his sovereignty is how he decides these things. So I was looking a little further in here. All right, let me see if I can get to it. Okay, so she goes through a lot in this chapter and I don't have time to go through all of it, but I did want to read this little bit. It says, from time to time, Yahweh in his mercy may grant us healing from disease as a gracious glimpse, a sneak preview of what is to come. It is my opinion that he sometimes does, but in view of the fact that the kingdom has not yet come in its fullness, we are not to automatically expect it. What she was going through in this chapter was describing, you know, that what Yahusha did for us he like when he was here, he didn't go through, he didn't heal every person in the world at that point. He was, it was announced by Yochanan, listen, the kingdom of Yah has, has come. So it's working to this crescendo, right? It's working to this place. The kingdom has come and it's in activation. And so we are seeing miracles but we're not seeing the fullness yet. Paul told us we see darkly, dimly, and it's all within his sovereignty for his purposes. He knows what we need better than we know ourselves. He knows what his plan is for so many. And we just have to trust him in these things, right? Trust him with our lives. Trust him that he gives us exactly what we need. He is looking for a people right now whose hearts are completely his, that they have placed their hearts in his hand. And it's so wild as I look at this, you know, and I think about that. I had an experience not long ago where, you know, I went and we we prayed for someone in faith that, I mean, was on the deathbed, right? And my husband and I and and him and his wife were there in the hospital room and a word of a prophetic word came forth out of my mouth. I knew it was a prophetic word. It was a strong prophetic word that he was going to rise up and he was going to be healed. And, you know, and, and I was doing this for a place to where I'm struggling every day in illness, but it didn't mean y'all wasn't going to work through me to deliver a word of healing and a message of healing. And I'm telling you within that days, that man was up and out of his bed. He had not only was he suffering with COVID, but with leukemia for years. And I'm telling you, they can't find a trace of leukemia in his body anymore. It's gone. It's done. I mean, and I knew it and I gave the word right then, right there. And I felt it flow and that power flow out of me. And Yah was using it for my imperfect vessel that, that Yah in his, in his sovereignty has decided not to give me complete healing yet, right? It's in his process. He's working things out. 
but he knows me. He knows exactly what he wants to do in my life. I've given my life to him completely. And I made a decision that what I decided for my life in this midst of me seeking healing and it, it not happening and even having people question my faith and question my life and friends walk away from me because they found what I was going through repugnant because it didn't line up with their idea of what faith should look like and in a person's life. And, and it, it, that kind of stuff hurts, you know, when people question you like that. But, but what I've had to decide is, you know what? Yah is in charge of every mystery. There are mysteries. And my inability to wrap my brain around his ways and his sovereign decisions, right? His truth, as it were, does not render that truth untrue. My inability to conceive a matter does not does not affect the validity of that matter, right? Sovereignty. This is what we're talking about. Yah is sovereign and he does as he wills with his children. And it does not in any way mean that he is not perfectly good, not perfectly merciful, not perfectly wonderful. He only knows what his decisions are for each of his children. And our duty as his children is to trust him in all things. You know, praise Yah that in the midst of me still dealing with illness, he wants to flow through me for healing for others, whether it be spiritual healing, mental healing, or physical healing. He can flow through me in any way he wants, and he can do it even as I'm limping around. <laughs> it doesn't matter. <laughs> As long as I'm a vessel and he can do it through you guys too. He does this through all of us. He loves us. He's got a plan for our lives. It's a good plan and we will remain faithful because his kingdom is coming in power. And the promise is there is coming a day. It's like we're in this, this still veiled period, right? We're getting... You know, once Yahushua came, we saw the possibility of the kingdom. And it's exciting because we can see what it's going to be like to live in renewed bodies and where things are set right again. And we can hardly wait. All of creation, including every believer, we're groaning for that, right? We're anticipating that. We are waiting for that with everything within us. And it's in the process of arriving. We are getting closer and closer every day, you know, and that's what we have to look forward to. But until then, he's told us, occupy until I come for you, right? Work out your salvation with fear and trembling. Don't you dare give up on me. Don't you doubt. And don't doubt just because I'm walking in, in some illness today where that hasn't totally manifested in my life doesn't mean he can't touch me in the next 10 seconds and remove every bit of it. It's up to his will. You know, thy will be done on earth. And what am I if I'm not made from the dust of the earth? That's how we were made. Your will, Yah, be done in the earth as it is in heaven. And I'm waiting for the full manifestation of that. And if it does not come until he 
comes to redeem me and either raise me up for the from the grave or raise me up with him on the day that he he you know blows that shofar that is up to him because he's sovereign and he's in control and um and I'm going to trust him with that I've just made up my mind that the enemy is not going to drag me into bitterness and unbelief and murmuring and complaining because I can't totally conceive of what Yahweh is up to because I see through the veil darkly. I'm going to trust him even though I see through the veil darkly. So that is my word of encouragement for you today. Keep believing in him to set things right, even if that doesn't come until much later, because we don't know. You know, we just don't know what he might do at any given moment in our lives. And don't feel like your faith is not right because you're not seeing what your heart desires manifest in front of you. Trust him that he will bring things into into light, into being, into activity when he so desires in our life. And, and if he's desiring to flow through you, even though your life's not perfectly in order, in order to bring something to the light in someone else's life, well, hallelujah, <laughs> right? Just flow on through us, y'all, and do what you want to do. All right. So good to see everybody here today. I'm going to be back in like nine minutes <laughs> on our show let's talk Torah. So uh, kind of the formula, the the format, not the formula, but the format that we've decided upon for um, let's talk Torah is I'm, I'm coming on on Sundays and Wednesdays. I don't know that it'll always be me. It may be uh, someone else, but what we're going to do, we're going to deal with the Haftarah portion on, on Sundays, on the first day of the week. And then when we get to Wednesday, I'm going to uh, deal with the Besserah. And so for this week, it'll be me next week. Who knows? It may be somebody else from our team. We'll just see how that works out. And then on the Shabbat, Lee Hood, and this week, James Carruthers will be coming to bring the fullness of that word. So I'm so happy about that. I know on Mercy Poured Forth uh, tomorrow, we can look forward to Catherine Hood bringing a word for us. So she'll be on Monday this week. I don't know about next week yet, but for this week, she's going to be on on Monday. And um, Lee Carruthers will be with us on uh, Friday. So um, I'll be back on Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday this week for Mercy Poured Forth. All right. Well, so good to have all of you with me. I look forward to seeing you on Let's Talk Tour in a few minutes. I know uh, we've got some great things coming up this week. Um, tomorrow, Lee and James are going to be on with my husband and I, uh, Robert, to talk about their new show and really just kind of let all of our audience get to know them a little bit better. We're going to do that at 3 p.m. tomorrow. Um, so that's uh, 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. I'm in Eastern Standard Time. So every time I'm talking about a time, that's what I'm talking about because that's what my clock says. So we'll be having that. Also, uh, Chris McIntyre and I will be back on Wednesday. So that's going to be a, a brand new presentation. I'll be back with the ladies, our ladies show, um, walking in the word. So this week it'll be myself, Catherine Hood, uh, Lee Carruthers and Melissa McIntyre. And we're going to be, uh, 
bringing a word on um, how to uh, set up, how to have healthy, healthy boundaries in our life, personal boundaries, and how to walk in those personal, healthy boundaries for ourselves as we are giving out to others, as we are ministering, how do we keep ourselves in, in good, healthy boundaries for ourselves so that we, our vessel stays full, right? So that we have plenty of oil in the vessel to bring forth for others. And then also this week on on um, my show, Heart of the Tribe, on Thursday at 1 p.m., um, I'm going to be digging into the tribe of Yehuda. We're really going to start looking there, and we're going to make some connections with the the kingship and the priesthood. Because I was just talking about the priesthood some last week. So we've got some really good stuff coming on. Thank you, Laura Lee. Glad to see you here. And I'm going to be calling you very soon so we can start working out um, what we're going to do with Laura Lee's show, so that that we have that too. So I'm excited about all the things that are coming. Up, I'm so glad you're all here to join us for these exciting things. And we pray that each and every presentation that you would encounter, not us, but that you would encounter the King of Kings, the Malek HaMelekim, the, the Adonai HaAdonaiim, the King of Kings and the Lord of all Lords, the, the, the chief, the cornerstone, Yahusha himself, the only one worthy to rule, and that we might bring forth a good word from him to encourage you in your lives. All right. Well, I will see you guys in a few minutes on the next show. Thank you for joining me today here. And uh, I hope many of you can, can join me on the other presentation. Hope this was a good word of encouragement for you. On the mount of crucifixion Fountains open deep and wide Through the floodgates of God's mercy Flow the vast and gracious tide, grace and love like mighty rivers, poured in and from above, and heaven's peace and perfect justice, kiss the gift.